Hi everyone, welcome to a new edition of the Mav Puck Cast with Jason and John. Thanks for tuning in. So John, uh, this week get us started with our our new segment. We'll say a uh, a new thing for all of our fans out there, all listeners and stuff. Absolutely, we're going to uh, have our drink of the week, and this is brought to us by our uh, our follower Whiskey Dave on Twitter. So he. Uh, he wanted to know what we were drinking, so we thought we would oblige. So now every week we're going to talk about what we're drinking this week, right? Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you kick us off? What is, What are you drinking today, John? I am drinking the sparkling water, clearly Canadian, which many of you might remember from the 1990s, and then the drink kind of disappeared for a while. And so a couple of years ago, Bridget donated to an Indiegogo campaign to bring it back, and there were some snafus in getting our supply. You know, there was a, an issue with the bottler. Well, finally, we got our supply in the mail from UPS of our Clearly Canadian. Well, now it's back in specialty stores like uh, World Market. I think World Market might be the only one. So, absolutely, we're very excited to have it back. And I'm not an alcohol drinker, so uh, I thought uh, this would be a uh, probably about as much fun as you're going to get from me but we'll see as the episodes go on and how the season goes well and since since you're not an alcohol drinking i figured i needed to make up for it so i have a double shot of canadian club and diet coke so (laughs) yeah our definite our canadian theme right we we definitely went north of the border with our theme tonight so yeah everyone needs to tune in next week to find out what we're drinking next week yeah, you've got the uh, you've got the uh, grown up beverage there. I've got the uh, I've got. <laughs> but the question really is: is did it age well? Did it? Well, it's I like don't... a fine wine. Like was twenty twelve a good year? I gotta tell you, clearly Canadian, especially like the wild cherry. Clearly Canadian has a nice kind of burn as it goes down. So <laughs> absolutely, the carbonation is great on this stuff. So I'm I'm totally down with this. I'm a I'm a big clear pop and water drinker, so so how about you? Is that, is that gonna point. is that gonna take off the edge as we do the podcast? There is your yeah yeah. You want to listen all the way to the end because it's gonna get interesting. <laughs> yeah, depending on how long this goes and how many sips of that you have. I am almost halfway done. So okay, well this probably, yeah well this will get interesting. So next I'm time I should probably hold off just a little bit longer before I start. So apparently, right? if things go south, I'm the designated podcaster then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I guess we should get serious, start talking about the uh, tragedy that was the Notre Dame series. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's probably why you've had half of that to drink. That was a that was a Kinda rough that was a rough series. As I mean, we've seen some rough games, but that was, yeah, you know, it's the only the second uh, series of of the season. But that uh, that Notre Dame uh, doubleheader this weekend was a tough one. Yeah, it was pretty rough, and like we said, talking kind of prep for this and stuff you know i really feel unfortunately it started about the second period last friday with union this team's kind of been struggling maybe a little bit for an identity and i think that when you bring in the number two team in the country which i am fairly certain saying will be the number one team in the country on monday when new polls come out that yeah uh it just it's shining a spotlight on every problem that you have in your game and and it it did for us Oh yeah, there and there are definitely some glaring problems with the mm-hmm. team right now. Like I said, it's early, but you know we've ten seniors, mm-hmm. six juniors, 
they may or may not be superstars, but this is a team that should be able to compete considering these guys have NCHC experience. They should be able to compete with that, you know, everybody, whether or not they win, this should be a competitive team. And there were moments this weekend where they just did not look like a team that was mentally ready to compete against the top level of NCAA right. hockey. And on the, on the flip side of that though, there were moments where we saw the potential for the Mavericks. We saw what they, they could do and what they could become. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think UNO has always kind of sort of been a little bit of a streaky team. They're one of those teams that if they can score early, a lot of times that's all it takes and they're fine. If they can score the first goal or the first two goals, then they're ready to go. Even if it becomes a shootout. Yeah. Yeah, They do play, they do play well with the lead, which, you know, you talked about it in prep two, and I want to make sure we bring it up about the Notre Dame game on, on Saturday. Like, I really think that the turning point for UNO was when the second goal got overturned because, you know, we were skating Friday? well in a 1-1 game. Friday? Friday. Yeah, yeah Friday. Uh, you know, it we was, were, yeah. We were skating well, and then it's like, we got a goal. Oh, wait. Hold on. Yeah, the, fan, the fans rejoice. Off, offside. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean... I went back and watched it. I know, I don't know. I hate to say it, but yeah, it was offside. I mean, it was close, but yeah, it, it was. Yeah, offside. yeah, we could we could close see that. Not, yeah, we could offside. see that from two sixteen. It was offsides, but it, what was weird about it was that was at such an early point in the game, and it really kind of shifted the momentum then for the rest of the weekend. That right. and and you hate to see that with a team, especially a team with so many upperclassmen you know, mentally becoming undone on that. And and maybe that, you know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it seemed like that was really the turning point and they just weren't the same team the rest of the game after that. Right. Yeah. I think the other thing that, that I noticed from the Notre Dame series was the problems that I saw with the team in the union series still seem to be the problems with the team here. Right. In the Notre Dame series, the communication factor, you know, even sitting up where, where we sat on Friday, I could hear Olson, you know, directing players. I mean, obviously he's yelling because if he, if I can hear him all the way up there, I mean, he's not right. If we can hear him in our perch up there. Yeah. Right. He's, he's given some pre, but you know, the guys respond to that. And I, I, I liked seeing that from him. I like to see that, that leadership on absolutely on his part to say, like, I, you know, I feel comfortable enough with the guys that are around me to say, you need to go here. You need to take this guy. You need to do this. Right. I didn't hear that as much on Saturday, but Friday, Saturday, both games to a T every shift. I heard Notre Dame players yelling. I've got this guy. I've got this guy. You take 12. I mean, they knew who was responsible for what and where. And I think that speaks to, we talk about their system. We talk about how disciplined yeah. they are. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's Mike Gabinet talked about mm-hmm. that in the press conference on Tuesday. He talks about what a structured system they run, how they don't give up a lot in the defensive zone. And you definitely could see that this weekend. And, I, you know, obviously UNO has had a penchant for playing a more freewheeling improvisation style of hockey. But it was, you know, pretty fascinating to watch this weekend and, and watch how Jeff Jackson's team, you know, played and responded and how they caused us a lot of problems and, right. you know, picked players pockets, got shorthanded opportunities. I mean, yeah. And I know talking to a few people off podcast that, you know, kind of wanted to throw Evan under the bus on, on Friday and, 
And I really don't feel, I mean, when you, when you face 41 shots, you're going to give up a few. And I thought he played out of his mind on Friday. I thought he was, I thought he played well too. He doesn't deserve. No, he doesn't look. It's, it's, it's like our friend Connor Willingham said on Twitter, they, Mm -hmm. they need to play a full 60 minutes to beat a team like Notre Dame. And with that said, I think we had a better second period both weekend than we've had against Union, even against the in the exhibition game against Manitoba. I, mean, I thought our second period seemed a little flat. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell when you're playing, you know, a team of of that talent level. But especially Saturday, I thought we we yeah. put it we put in a better effort. I think in the second period than we had previously. But yeah, and they, you know what, they didn't give up in the third either, because that with that kind of mountain to climb, it would have been very easy to do that. But again, the you know, then people could use the argument: Well, did you know Notre Dame left let off the gas at that point? You know, it's well, maybe, but I would argue more so that Gabnet did something I thought was very smart in that he gave his freshmen and sophomores more playing time in that third period. Right. And I think there's two things that does for us. One, those are usually high energy guys. I mean, they're guys that know that there are other guys on the bench or in shirts and ties. Right. And they're in a position where they need to prove themselves. Right. So the score doesn't matter basically to them. Right. I need to play and prove to coach that I deserve playing time. And, and that's, you know, really how you're going to get it. And I thought that, uh, Connolly, came through. I saw yeah. him, you know, a lot more. Uh, Primu, I thought he was our, I personally feel like he was our best player on Saturday. Yeah. Chase Primo looked good and he got his first goal of, as a Maverick. Yeah. And it was a good goal. It wasn't like some like, you know, it glanced off my butt and into the goal or anything like that. Like it was, I mean, it was a good goal. That's all. Aw- yeah. That's, that's awesome for him. He was a player that you and I liked after the exhibition. Yeah. It's, it's cool. His you know, dad was Keith Primo. I, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm glad that was the tough circumstances to get your first goal, but um, yeah, I think he's going to be really good for the team. Absolutely. This year, but yeah, it's it's ultimately like we said, it's the upperclassmen, and for whatever reason, it's and you had talked about too in the first you know podcast about chemistry with the team, and yep. I I don't know if they have a lot of chemistry right now. That's you it's can kind see of that in our passes, the number yeah. of passes that were it's 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 the puck handling just... is not no, and there we we are not seeing tape to tape passes. Yeah, and. You know? a former coach to a current coach kind of thing, I'd be like, man, if that was my team, it would be passing drills every day. Well, they I got, mean, yeah. Everything would be passing. Yeah. They, because they need to find a way to find each other in stride so that we're not ruining our breakout or transition game. We're not, you know, we had some power plays that. It kills, you know, it, it kills a, your it power plays. Yeah. It split the seam. It was the perfect chance for you, but it was. Yeah out of the reach and he has to play the puck off the boards or and you, you know, saw his, and yeah, it, yeah. And now it's out of the zone and now we have to re-entry and i mean that just that and you you saw as well as i did that the notre dame players yeah. took advantage of that all weekend oh yeah and that's a team that's i mean they're going to be good I mean, we were talking about before the show i mean how many what four seniors on i mean that's it and obviously mm-hmm. those guys were the big impact players but wow i mean the upperclassmen for that team i mean it was right again it's one of those things that you know I mean, you know, 
I remember our one of my during the I think it was the first or second intermission Saturday. Uh, my friend Kent Caesar asked, he's like, "Do you think this will be the best team that we see in the building all season?" I said, "Well, I think it's a little too early to say that." And I said, "It's hard to know whether they are that good or whether we, you know, we had a factor and kind of made them look that good." But um, that was a top-notch team that we saw this weekend, and so yeah. you know, it's. It was a it was a it was a bitter pill to swallow for sure as a fan, and I'm sure it was tough on the players and the coaches too. And I would say to him, I think that is the best team that we're going to see. I think that's about the best team anyone's going to see. They played, you know, really well. That said, that doesn't mean that I think they're going to win the whole thing because no, I I can see NCHC teams coming in in the second half of the season. Well, season. I mean, that they struggled. Be, they struggled against Mercyhurst last. Teams. They struggled against Mercyhurst last week. Yeah. Right, you know. But I I mean I watched I can't say I watched the game. I watched clips and stuff from that game and what yeah. I saw from that game. It was more of self-inflicted wounds. It was okay. Notre Dame okay. not playing like Notre Dame it was, it more was than not, it was. Yeah, okay. You know, Mercyhurst playing like outside their mind. They had it together for us though or or and we didn't. But here's the thing is we you know go to all the listeners out there go back and listen to the first podcast. This is College hockey is any team, any night. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that's what makes it so great. That's what makes it so uh, great in the tournament at the end of the season. Yeah. Any team can beat any other team. You and know, here's where the advantage might be for UNO. Like we just got our, our butts handed to us by Notre Dame. Right. By we've seen one of the best teams in the league. So we know what it takes to be a number two team in the country. Absolutely. And we have an opportunity here. The next four series, we right. get Arizona state twice. Mm-hmm. We've got a Western for a series uh, in Kalamazoo and we've got Miami, Miami. here for mm-hmm. a series. There's an opportunity. This is, you know, there's an opportunity to win, you know, minimum four or five games against that. Those. And not just win, but it's, it's an opportunity to better yourselves, figure out some of your line combinations that work and develop some work. chemistry. Yep. And you can go into the next half of the season and have just a little tear bit of Yeah. I mean, you could come in, you could come in a really strong team. I've seen this happen, you know, in some of these in college football, some of these, you know, mid market like um, Mountain West. Yeah, the, the, the Mid America like Conference. Yeah, the right. MAC they teams. Go through, yeah, and their their start of the season is like you get Georgia and you get Alabama and you get all these like great teams and you lose and you start the season like zero right. and four, and then you go in and you go undefeated in your conference. Yeah, not necessarily because you were picked to be the best team in the conference, but because you've seen what it takes to be at that level and yeah. you've been at the bottom and you you know you've you've tuned yourself basically. Yeah. You've, you've faced down. live fire as a team and you've yeah. uh, made it through, you know, yeah. and that's, that's what I hope happens for UNO here, yeah. you know, because they've got an opportunity here the next few weeks um, to get, yeah, to get better and to kind of solidify things. But it, it is, it was, it was a tough one because, you know, some of the fundamental things that you look for in a Maverick team just weren't there. And I, I'm sure that Mike Gabinet's scratching his head. I, I think he knows I think he knows what the problem is. Yeah. I think the way he's scratching it's like, okay, what's the best way to Yeah, what do I do? What do I yeah, what do I do to get these guys to do what we need them, we to, need do? them to do? Yeah. And I don't know, it's a, not an envious position. I wouldn't want to try and uh, figure that out, but it's tough. And but... it's tough especially with your veteran players cuz they've been around a long time. So how do you motivate guys who've been playing hockey, you know, 
years and have been playing college hockey for years and have been playing at this level for years, how do you get them to do the things that they need to do? Right. I remember talking to Guadecki back in DU when I was back there and asking him about, you know, what it takes to be a head coach and, and what it's like to be a head coach at, at a D1 level. And I remember distinctly one of the ones, one of the things he said to me was that head coaching at that level has more to do with how you get the best out of your best players than it does about the X's and O's and like the right. smartest guy isn't necessarily yeah. the best head coach. Right. And so how do you get Gabnett those guys wants to, to be a head coach? Yeah. This is where he proves it. He proves it by coming through and getting the most out of these, these players more so than like, Oh, let's switch our system up from a two wing lock to a center lock. Yeah, or... and exactly. And a lot's and a lot's changed in the last ten to fifteen years. You'll hear coaches um, say, for example, that you know sometimes you have to, as much as you're coaching the team, right. in some instances you're coaching these players individually. You know, this oh, guy yeah. you have to coach differently than this other player, and that's you know that's a this guy needs this versus that guy needs right. that type of situation. Right. And yeah, so it's, it's dealing point. with that subtlety and nuance and, right. and it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens in that regard going forward this season and whether the team responds. Uh, I, you know, the NCHC, I think is a conference they can compete in this year. I think they've got the upperclassmen and the experience to do that, but uh, it, it raised a few question marks uh, this weekend against Notre Dame. So, yeah. So, Licked our, our wounds enough there. I think we need to talk a little bit about like the real stuff that went down in the Notre Dame series, which is yeah. I had to wear my my beer wristband on my right hand wrist and they absolutely would not put it on my left hand wrist for some reason. Wow. I I don't know at what point we moved Baxter to like Nazi Germany or anything, but what the heck, dude? Yeah, well like, no, I, What I'm does just... it matter which wrist I so, wear my band on? So wait, do so which, let me ask you this, which hand do you hold your beer in typically? That would depend on which side of me my daughter is sitting because I typically just try to keep oh, away from her. Oh, right, all right. Yeah, you've got the whole <laughs> armrest thing. I, I mean, just feel, not that she's going to drink it or anything, don't like report us or anything. I just feel better about it being on the opposite I mean, side. <laughs> trying to put logic to some of the decisions that they make as an arena is, you know, an act in futility. But I mean... Are they thinking that most people hold it in their right hand so you can see that they have a wristband if they're holding? Not yeah. not that you can buy a beer without a wristband, but I mean, I don't know. Like I'm left-handed, so I wear my watch. I wear my Apple Watch on my right, right wrist. Hand. Okay. Um, mainly because when I write with my left hand, I don't like to have the watch there, and and a lot of times people who are right-handed wear it on their left hand. But what does it matter what wrist your beer? bracelet is, is on, on right? yeah i don't know like i was kevin and i were like my friend kevin trees and i were standing in line getting our beers and I, we're just like flabbergasted it was like <laughs> she would not <laughs> and she even told us she's like no they tell me i have to put it on your right hand I'm like why and so we're staying there and i'm thinking like now i'm like hyper aware of everything that goes on right like, yes, now my absolutely senses have been tuned and yeah and i'm sitting here going but wait a minute like i hand him my credit card with my Left hand. Yes. Like if you put it on my left hand, when I handed him my credit yeah, card, my he hand is already out. My yeah, bracelet. it would have saved time. Right. Sure. Because my jersey is pretty long. I mean, you don't see my bracelet underneath the. Even when I take a drink, you don't see my bracelet underneath the jersey. Yeah, I mean, do they have like you know beer band academy at Baxter Arena? Do they like 
Do they like have a training session where they train these folks, you know, and now you want to put the wrist on, you know, the person's right hand and make sure it's the right because yes I don't, do they get fired if they put it on the left i mean i know and they, they're not getting there, paid or anything oh yeah and there's probably some you know you have to tighten it a certain amount otherwise they can get it off their hand and give it to a minor and oh. we don't want that to happen and you better game. as heck make sure that you get some hair from the guys in there so that when they rip it off they go yeah ex yeah exactly right you know they, <laughs> they have the uh you know band-aid thing that we as guys yeah, deal yeah. with when you just rip it off yeah, I don't know, but that's kind of an interesting. I, I mean, have, did you have you run into that before at all at a UNO? Never, never. That is, that, I'm like not downtown at all. They're going. Wait a minute, you care which arm I gave you? Yeah, that's totally new. To yeah, me. this is the new and improved Baxter Arena this season, man. I'll tell you, we we so we, we got, got to follow we got protocol. that improvement. We also yeah. have the quota for hot dogs. Yeah, one of our followers and and the the name escapes me but one of our followers on twitter was tweeting at baxter arena last night and they said that they waited in line for 10 minutes to get a hot dog and the concession stand ran out of hot dogs in the middle of the first intermission last night and this is interesting because and this was on saturday night yes this was on saturday night they had been talking all week about how tickets were scarce for this series so you needed to try to get your tickets if you could you know, give away tickets to a friend. I mean, they were talking in the me about, so they knew there were going to be a lot of people there, but right. they ran out of, and hot dogs are, I mean, that's kind of a staple of stadium and arena sports food. I'm willing to bet that they sell more hot dogs than anything else, right? I, I would imagine. Especially since they don't have the stand that serves the really nice barbecue that they used to have. No, what? I don't know what the heck happened. No, to my dad I and I that are going to. back. Bring yeah, that, that back. Isn't that like. I saw that. We walked by that. My dad's like, hey, I saw this barbecue thing when I was walking around. You want to go get something? I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. We go there. There's nobody there. And it says, like, open in November. They, but they used to have they used to have this place that had, you got these little pork sliders. I think you yeah, got Yeah, you told three. me, but you were telling me about I that. I love those things. Every time we ate at the rink, that was my thing. Like, everyone's right. like, where are you going to go? I'm going there. Because you got that and you got those really nice, like, crispy fried kettle yeah. chips and stuff. Oh, yeah, then, I love the the kettle chips are great. Yeah. No, and then they went away. And I'm like, where did they go? I walked around the whole rink on Friday going, where am I going to eat? I want to eat at this place. No. And then I finally found that place and went, well, they, they've changed it because obviously the menu was. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a different venue. It's a different vendor, isn't it, than they had before? It's definitely a different vendor because it was, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was, but it, it was a it was a name I recognized. Okay. Which it didn't used to be. It just used to be like, like Maverick. Like I don't a know, Maverick like barbecue, barbecue or some, or something you know, weird. generic like, thing like, like that. Yeah, you made that up. Um, okay, yeah, exactly. So Yeah, and, and then the other thing was weird is like, I don't know, they moved a lot of those little like food fair stand things because yeah. the the burrito bowl place, those things are pretty good too. But That's I didn't it, find those until like we got all the way around the rink and I finally found them. And yeah, they it's were kind of tucked into a corner. It's where that concession stand is kind of by the club lounge over in that is that the uh, north yeah on the the west side of the club lounge. west yeah. yeah 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 over by where you can get the tater tots and stuff okay that stand there's a stand there is that there has, a tater, like, tater tot stand stuff yeah oh, okay they top it with like i see i don't get over the only reason i, know, I was, we don't get over there like i was, the over, opposite I was of the over in that arena we don't go over there i walked by there four it's times four times last night because I was trying to close the exercise ring on my Apple Watch because I hadn't done it earlier in the day. So I saw a lot of the arena last night that I don't norm normally I'm sitting up in, you know, 216 tweeting during intermission and everyone pictured John jogging through the concourse. It was yeah, I wish. 
<laughs> and it was really hard going in circles to get this thing to, you know, to get 20 minutes of exercise, even though I think I did like 30 minutes between before. Ga- but yeah, so I wondered why we couldn't get barbecue, but I guess it's, I guess it's coming in November. So I, you know. Yeah. I don't, so now I'm trying to debate if that means like I'm going to be pissy and not want to eat there because they made me wait until November or if I'm going to be like, yeah dude you gotta i'm eating there dude you gotta take a stand man you just gotta be (laughs) like no i'm not eating there this is my everyone know i am the one protesting (laughs) they won't miss me not in the least so ticketing is the other thing i think we need to bring up and there's quite a bit to talk about ticketing i think the first thing i'd say props yay to uh to uno Students are no longer brought in the back door like they're. That was degenerate. that was weird. They were kind of herded in the. What is that? That the the layout of the arena. I, I have trouble doing northwest southwest. Is that southeast? East, southeast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It. Southeast corner that they came in. Now I will tell you. Sometimes I would exit that southeast staircase that they came in on to get to the right post-game celebration in the lobby faster than trying to wind my way through the concourse. I would go that direction. I would go down the stairs, go outside, come back in the arena for the celebration. Now we figured out, obviously if you're in the upper bowl to just walk across the seats all the way to the corner. Yeah, Because everyone's left. I say this now, they're like probably not going to let us do it anyway. Please keep leaving your seats so that we can get through. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, so it's nice that they can come in the main entrance because it makes you feel like you're more a part of the experience coming oh. in that way. So they, yeah, they've got a little area where they can scan their map card. Which is the other new thing is they don't have to stand in line and get tickets that they used to have to do. Now they can just scan their map card. Okay. So that's kind of a nice thing. I think that's yeah. a nice thing too. You know, encourage them. Don't make it difficult on them. I think a lot of students, I talked to uh, a UNO student and when we were talking, you know, she had mentioned like, oh, it's not it's not a forethought for a lot of a lot of students. It's you know, three of my friends are are walking out. Hey, where are you going? We're going to the Mav game. You want to go with? Yeah, perfect. So they you know, so I think making it easier just facilitates yeah. that. Like, grab all your friends, bring everyone from the dorm. Because and we talked about in the first episode, we talked about the environment and how you know we really want an atmosphere in Baxter. Yeah, we want to yeah, we want a good envi- we want a fun right. environment. And I think that's the key. Having the students there gets that energy and They're just fun when you look over there and you see a bunch of students standing and cheering and having a good time. I face painted and And then the thing, whatever inside. whatever that yeah, thing's awesome. called, I can't think of the name where they pull up the unleash the fury banner over the, the banner, I think that's yeah. really cool. That's cool. I love yeah. that thing. No, that's awesome. I remember getting the when they broke that out. Was it last season or the season? I can't I remember. I think I can't remember if it was, it was last. It, I, I know it was the season before. I don't think it was last season. I think it might have been right at the end of that Towards season the when they the pulled that season, in. And you're yeah. like, "Well, that's awesome." And I got video of that. and yeah. tweeted that out. So if you can go back like three years on my Twitter account, you can find it. Uh, I and that was awesome. I love that thing. That thing's great. oh yeah. Bill Bill Pickett does a great job with the students in the student section. And, and you've got the Red Army down there. So. Yeah, yeah, the Red Army. And I, I believe I heard that the Red Army's working on new jerseys for the Red Army, but that, Ooh. yeah, that might be top secret, but we're breaking it here. So, Uh-oh. yeah, so it'll be interesting. We leak classified information. We're leaking classified information Man. on the podcast. I'm to NSA again. I know. <laughs> All right. So the other thing that I thought was interesting about tickets is someone that you know right. got tickets transferred to them digitally, right? Yeah, so a couple that we know 
they were not going to be able to come on Friday. So they asked us if we knew anybody who wanted the tickets for that night. So obviously they have to be transferred digitally unless you print the ticket out and like give it to the person. But these people don't know each other. So uh, they got my neighbor Jill's email address. Jill got the email saying that the tickets were available and they had to click a button. And took them to Ticketmaster where they had to create a Ticketmaster account. And then Jill got the tickets and was able to add them to her Apple wallet um, on the iPhone. But she was going with her husband and she wanted her husband to have a copy of the tickets too. Well, she couldn't transfer them through Apple wallet. So she just took a screenshot and texted them to him. So she took a screenshot of the, the Apple wallet tickets, I believe. Of the ticket in the wallet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I said, I don't know if that will work or not, because there's some debate uh, from some of the discussion in our Facebook group as uh-huh. to whether a screenshot would, the QR code that's on them would work. Would work. Okay. And so, and so I told her, I said, you know, I'd be interested if you guys would be willing to try because we want to talk about it on the podcast. And for those who don't know who are listening, UNO season tickets are not actually tickets this year. It's you got plastic a, card. yeah, you basically got like a plastic credit plastic card with right. a QR code and it also had a lanyard card. So if you want to, you know, do the lanyard option on a little uh, lanyard with a plastic holder, you can right. do that too. But you can also get on your, your MAV accounts and transfer the tickets to, you know, the Apple wallet on your phone. So if you just want to show and scan your smartphone or... Which is what I do, right? Yeah, exactly. Or you can print off tickets or if, you know, that's not good enough for you, you can go to the ticket office and they'll, you know, print, you know, the kind of card stock rectangular tickets for you. Right. But you and I like technology, so we go with that. So anyway... Yeah, I geek out on that. Back to Jill. Jill and her husband went Friday night and she had Arlen show the screenshot of the Apple wallet from her phone and it scanned just fine. And my concern when you had mentioned that going in was whether or not, whether or not it would work with the brightness of the screen. Cause a lot of times right. with digital tickets, whether it's a screenshot or not, just a lot of the issues with digital tickets is sure. If you're having problems, here's your, your, and your I, tip is that yeah. if you turn the brightness up on your screen, a lot of times that increases the contrast enough that the reader can read the difference between the black and the white on the QR code. And, and so, and I was wondering, I wasn't sure yeah. if that would be an issue or not. And I was wondering too, cause I, you know, you hear things about potential compression when you're sending photos or whatnot via text. So I didn't know if that would be a problem either. You know, obviously a QR code's a pretty blocky type of thing. So that didn't seem to be an issue, but it, it was interesting because, you know, I guess if, you know, you knew somebody was coming to a game and you had the tickets in your Apple wallet, you could just, take a screenshot of that and text it to them rather than it was a last minute change type of thing. Right. Yeah. You know, the other thing that stood out to me was obviously being a, a techie. I had, yeah, even for the, the Manitoba game, I had downloaded the ticket to my phone. Cause right. a, I wanted to, I wanted to see how it, how it went so that we could talk about it at some point in time on the podcast. Uh, but I'm also forgetful and I would forget the little plastic card thing that they gave me. And so, especially since there's one for each seat, yeah, you know, with a different and, QR code, yeah, yeah. So I went on and downloaded. Well, 
I'll tell you. The first thing I did is I went into Ticketmaster because I'm like, well, Ticketmaster is running this. So I'll just go into the Ticketmaster app because I already have the Ticketmaster app for everything Right, you're else thinking that, that would be really handy, yeah. And I'm like, well, I'll just log in with our Maverick account information and then that will give me all my tickets inside of the Ticketmaster app. No, that's Yeah, but yeah, even, even though UNO uses... Our convenience fee doesn't cover that part of it. Right. Even though UNO uses Ticketmaster as the back end of their system... Our Mav account does not work with regular Ticketmaster. So you would have to right. create a separate, and then you probably have to like tr- do like you know my neighbor had. You'd probably have to like transfer all the tickets to you yourself. You literally have to transfer you... each individual ticket. Oh yeah, from yourself be... to yourself to your other Ticketmaster account to be able to do it. Yeah, I feel like that's something that they'll eventually work out. I hope in so. The future, but. I use the app for other events and stuff. Right. And it is fairly convenient to just be able to open up the app and tap the add to wallet and sure. then I'm I'm done and set and, yeah. and, and golden. Uh so to have it not work like that was a little bit frustrating just mostly yeah. just from someone who who's used it in that way before. I just want to keep using it, you know, how I exactly to do it. So the other thing is then so then this week I download the Notre Dame tickets. Right. And I'm looking at them going Hmm. The QR code is exactly the same. Is exactly the same. Which makes this can't possibly work, right? This I'm like, there has to be something that I don't see, some intricacy inside some, the QR some code little, that's gonna some, say some that little system, tiny right? watermark in that digital QR code that's different. Something that would tell yeah. me that this is this game or anything. Because it was obvious because I downloaded uh my daughter's ticket just in case her and I I knew her and I were gonna be together. And I'm like, sure. if for some reason I forget to get the card the the physical right. plastic card for her i want to make sure that i have it on my phone so i knew that seat by seat it's different right yes but the same seat for every game is exactly the same so i it, thought okay this can't possibly work so i'm gonna do the like oops i'm stupid thing right and i'm gonna, and I'm gonna accidentally I'm gonna pull try up to get the, man- the manitoba ticket so you're actually you accidentally pull up the manitoba ticket just to right. see if it'll work yeah and it gets me in on Friday. And I'm thinking, okay, fluke. It got me in. The guy just didn't know how to use his little scanner thing. Right. I'll try it Saturday. Sure enough, it gets me in again on Saturday. It's, I mean, on the one hand, it's surprising. On the other hand, it's not since the credit card deals that all of us have, you know, you use that same card the whole season for the seat. So you see what I'm saying? It's like you're using the same QR code, code. on your physical card. So it kind of makes sense that your digital card would use that. But you and I look at that and you're like, well, if you transfer your tickets to somebody else, then conceivably they could, you know, come to a game before you if they wanted to be, you know, nefarious and evil about it. And they could use that ticket that you had sent them. Or if if you want to be, you know, hopefully, I don't think any of our listeners are like this, but. No, not at all. In theory, then. Unless, unless what they do, which I hope they do, and I don't have a way to test this yet, but if someone does test this and can let us know, like, we'd love to know if this is the way that they're doing it. I hope this is the way that they're doing it, but you, I don't know, you could in theory do it where if I transfer my ticket to you, it redraws the QR code. So what you get is not my QR code and it cancels my QR code just for that game. Right. See, that, that is that the would only be way ideal. I can think of that they do this without having a problem. Because otherwise, right. even if I transfer my QR code to you and it keeps that QR code number the same, yeah. I could get, 
um, 20 bucks from you for my ticket and then just beat you to the game and get in ahead of you. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. My neighbor, Jill, could get there before, you know, my friends, John and Jackie, who transferred the ticket to her last Friday. And she could just get there early and, you know, take the, you know, screenshot or whatever on her phone and let them, you know, what the you, melee what, that that would ensue with, what you no, should, this is really my ticket. No, they're really inside. And you know what you should do, Jason, is you should compare the QR code in Apple wallet for each seat with the QR code on the physical credit card deal. It's and the see same. If that's, oh, so it's the yep. same. Okay. So the only thing I don't know, the, the one thing we have to figure out at some point, or if someone's done this, because if I transfer the tickets to someone, I'm, I'm rarely transferring it to someone I know where I can sit and compare it. But yeah. that's what we got to figure out is when I transfer the tickets to someone else, do they get a QR code that is in some way different from the QR code that I have? Oh, yeah. And see, we wouldn't know from my neighbor because we, we didn't have the, we don't know what the actual... You don't know the like. you don't know both parties. You don't know the person who originally had the tickets, and you know the person that the see that's interesting. In. Maybe if you go through the process where you enter their contact information in their email, maybe. But I don't know. I'm kind of wondering if it gives anything unique, not, or if it just kind of releases that ticket yeah. to them. Well, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that they do it that way, or at least that they they've thought this through enough to think about how they're going to handle this, and if they want to tweet us afterwards or something and let us know. Yeah, uh, we would really like to know if there's some security yeah, because it is a concern for us as fans. Like, I'm 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 slightly hesitant to transfer my tickets to someone else because that potential exists. Well, you could, yeah. I mean, in the case of like you know Bridget, she just usually mm-hmm. you know goes down and scans them in at the gate. But you'd like to be able to transfer it because then yeah. it you know avoids somebody arriving you know five minutes into the first and you got to run down there and scan and the in. card and let them in. And and certainly I don't right. you know want to give somebody one of my cards so. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely yeah. right. So I, it'll be very interesting. Just, but this was not a problem with paper tickets. So I'm just telling, <laughs> back in the, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> technology has its advantages because it is nice that if I do forget my. For those of you that are out there, I mean, if you if you have most people have smartphones and and you forget your your little plastic. You can log into your MyMap account and log in on your phone, and yep. you can from your browser you can add it to your wallet. It yep. works on Google. I know that too. So. If you're using uh, an Android phone, you can put it in your Google Wallet that way too. Uh, and if not, if you're if you're if you don't use Wallet or you don't want to use Wallet, I mean, you can pull up the physical ticket on Safari, and we know that you yeah. can take a screenshot of that yeah. and then just pull up the screenshot in your Photos app and then get in with that. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. I mean, the convenience of that if you know your my uh, you know is it my Mav account that we it's that the, it yeah to? well it redirects you to a Ticketmaster site, but it is your it my is Mav yeah it's your, yeah. If you if you know that and you're there mm-hmm. and you're like oh man I forgot my tickets it's it's perfect in that regard yeah yeah but the downside is is you know hopefully they they've thought these things through and and you know hopefully they respond to us so that at least we can come and say hey you know it really is okay for you to transfer you don't have to worry about someone yeah and again I I, I don't think that happened too often but it, you know obviously in our Facebook group a lot of people who Good. don't know each other are transferring tickets, tickets. so yeah yeah. yeah. What else? Anything else non-hockey related that we want to? I don't. I don't know. Dump Do you... on people. I don't. I can't think of anything else. No. I think. I think it's time to move on to the Arizona the State preview. Yeah. yeah. So, what are you thinking? Arizona State coming up. We're going out to Arizona. Yeah, we're playing in that rink that is basically like a you know community skating rink type. They really need a new arena out there. So I hope somebody you know ponies up the money or they. 
are able to get into a deal with somebody and get uh, yeah, get I into know the Knights are supporting them pretty heavily. Yeah, so I, I expect the money will be there for them. I hope so. They they need it. I mean, yeah, Bridget and I had considered going to that um, series, but we were a little scared off by the scarcity of of C. I'm sure we could have made it work, but this is a yeah. team that this you know Arizona State team being an upstart program, kind of like UNO was 20 years ago. You know, it'll be interesting to see how they do. They played Ohio State, which currently is the number one team in the nation, a couple weeks ago. Right. They played them tight. They played them very close. They're well, they're definitely a better team they definitely than are. we've seen the last couple of years. Yeah, and I'm trying to think the week before that, they played um, Alaska Fairbanks, and I can't remember if they swept Fairbanks or split with Fairbanks. No, they were losing at one point, I remember when I looked. Yeah. Yeah, see if you can pull up their schedule. But they're a team that's going to be better this season. They're not, you know, the caliber of Notre Dame, but they're a team that's going to be better. Yeah, so the, a 3-0 win. Oh, they were they were losing to, uh, yeah. So 3-0 win against Alaska and then a 5-0 win against Alaska. And they lost 3-2 to Ohio State. So at the time, number yeah. one team, they yeah. were up at one point. Yeah, they were even at one point. So they were even. Right. At the, they got a power play goal in the first of the second, in the first minute of the second period, to even the score there. Sure, and they play. And yeah. quite honestly, that game was lost in the power play for them. Yeah, I mean, the game-winning goal came power play. Did they, they need a better penalty? Did they kill. play Huntsville this week? They played a Huntsville. Yeah, two one and five one. Okay. Which, I mean, I don't know. You can't gauge a whole lot off of Huntsville. You really but... can't. You really can't gauge a whole lot off of that team. But they're going to be a. They're going to be an interesting. They're going to be an interesting matchup this week. It's it's not a rollover. I mean, no, it's you can't not. go in saying it's a guarantee win at least. No, and if UNO had played strong this weekend, you might be saying that they, you know, you might be using the S word, thinking they could go in and sweep down in the desert. But I, I'm not. I would be more worried about if you, even if you split against Notre Dame, I'd be worried a little bit about this, like arrogance going in, thinking. Oh, kind of like the letdown you're overlooking Arizona State. Yeah. You get that surprise upset kind of thing. Well, I'm hoping the team. happened. I mean. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh Notre Dame lost to Huntsville. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Before they kind of went on their, they had a two month uh, streak where they played. Yeah. So you just don't. We went in there and beat them. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's always like, oh, yeah, we should beat them. No problem. Yeah. You just lost five to two. Yeah. So it'll be a very interesting matchup. And I don't, I don't have a good read after this weekend. I'm kind of gun shy to, you know, be completely uh, optimistic, but I. I mean, I'll go with a, I'll go, I'll be conservative and I'll go with a split on the weekend. Okay. So you're going to go split. Yeah. I think, I think it's a telling series. I think that this will be, it's somewhat of a gut check for you now. I, mean, I agree. If we go in and we get swept out, that's, that's not a good sign for us. Well, like forward. we, like we talked about in the next four series, we play them twice. And if we're right. struggling against Arizona state, it could be a, it could be rough seas ahead for this team. Right. I, I would not be surprised if you were correct. And, and there's a split. I'm going to say that we, I think this will be a good series for us. I think we write the ship. I think we, we sweep them. I think we yeah. go in there and we play with some energy and some prove ourselves kind of attitude I think, and I, yeah. I think we get a, I'm, I'm going to hope and, and, and anticipate that we get a, a big win on, on Friday. 
just coming out of the gate and going full bore that the guys are right. a little bit angry about well, how the, they performed against Notre Dame and, and the, they come the, out with a chip on their exactly. shoulder. Exactly. And, and the thing, win. the thing about it too, is that, you know, Arizona state's not a team that they have to play a perfect 60 minutes against you. You've got some room to make some errors right. and still come out on top. And then I think if we can get a, if we get a big win on Friday, I think Saturday becomes, it'll, it'll typically I think that could carry us down over. a little bit. Yeah. But I think the power play for UNO will end up being the difference maker on Saturday, and that's where I think we can get the sweep out. It's yeah. I may be wrong. I, no, I yeah. But that's just kind of what that's oh, the absolutely. way I see it going. That's the that 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 makes sense to me. I'm going with a split just to be in case there is still kind of a bad hangover after this. Uh, Statistically Notre Dame speaking, series. that's the way to go. So. Yeah, I, <laughs> on, like every series. I've been optimistic the past couple of weeks, so I'm going to be. I know uh, there's a change of roles. This is a little weird, man. I yeah, don't know normally, if I can handle this yeah, too much on this podcast. You're gonna have to go back to being an optimist. Yeah, you were not, you were not that optimistic going into Notre Dame. So I yeah I've learned I I predicted a split. So I completely hey. learned my lesson on that. So. But it'll be interesting to see who's Twice in next. Twice I said DU was going to be fourth in the conference, and those were the two years they won national titles. Yeah. <laughs> so just going out because saying, I don't have the best of luck at these types of things. Yeah, and this time of year, it's especially hard to know. So I'm also, apparently I'm a pessimist. So No, you're just a realist. It's all right. Realist. I like that. That sounds Yeah, better. you're an analytical realist. That's that's what we like on here. I know. So why am I picking them to sweep? What the heck's wrong with me? <laughs> apparently this is a... This Canadian whiskey is pretty good, eh? Yeah, I gotta yeah, tell eh? you the the clearly Canadians Don't keeping you? me realistic this week. Yeah. <laughs> Canadian drinks do some weird stuff to us. They absolutely do. Well, I think that that's you know all we got for our listeners today. And I think I, so. Uh, I don't have anything else. No, absolutely. I think it'll be an exciting week at Arizona State, and be sure to uh, follow us on Twitter at MavPuck. We'd yep. love to hear your questions for this podcast. We'd love to take some questions. We'd love to address uh, some of the thoughts and feelings and concerns that you have as far as the world of Maverick Hockey goes. Also, if you want to listen to this podcast, listen to us on SoundCloud, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, and listen to us on Google Podcasts. And if that's not good enough for you, check out our YouTube channel. I like it. Jason made great animation for it. There's not video of us yet, but there may be someday. You never know. Yeah, you never know. It should be fun. So in that, you know, enjoy the week. Don't be down about this Notre Dame series. And you stay classy, Omaha.